0: And Baby girl, keep it real, no lies She said she's 21, I said I'll ride right.
1: If we gon' be going into your mind I just wanna chill and ride
0: I just wanna chill and ride I just wanna chill and
1: ride I just wanna chill and ride soon as they return up, you know who look go turn up i Conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, if you look to my left, I got a full house. I got my man Charles, Mr. Charles Carr. I got my man over here, Mr. Miles Mo- Mo- Moraine. Yes, sir. <laughs>
2: I, get, I get, gonna get it.
1: Hey, hey, is, over, here, over here in the back, we got the man himself, the doctor. Javon, Doctor Love Jones. I love Jones. <laughs> I gotta
2: love Jones.
1: It's all, right, all, right, all right, all right, all right. Cut all the cut all the nonsense. Let's get right into it, <laughs> sir. First man up on the docket, Mr. Charles Carr. Uh, let, y'all let the let the simpers know.
3: So Ooh, yeah, so I'm Charles Carr. I'm originally from Edenville, born and raised in Eatonville 1887. Um, I did 15 years in the military. Uh, I got medically retired so now I currently reside in Sanford and um, at the present time I'm the team director Mm -hmm. at the Boys and Girls Club here in Pine Hills off of Fernandez
4: Drive. Yeah, and I'm Miles Moraine. I'm gonna let your voice be heard out of Orlando, Florida. Um, you know, we do community work, social justice issues. A lot of times we come to scenes where people again get did wrong, either by systemic issues, or by racist issues, or just by police issues. So we try to make ourselves a resource. We try to lift people up. You know, I'm been in Florida my whole life, and mm-hmm. I'm just you know born in well raised on Paramount basically my whole life, and seeing everything I had people that came before me who were better people at doing this work and I seen them either pass away or just get hurt out here. So I thought it was my duty to, you know, do my part and step up and try to make something change.
2: That's what's up,
4: man. That's what's up.
1: But ladies and gentlemen, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what you sipping on out <clears> there? <throat> so I got a little something. Baby got a little something. My man, he got a little something. The love, the love doctor got something. You know, but, hold on. You know, I said, we always say, as long as you sip sipping on something, right? And every now and then, baby will say, even if it's water, right? I ain't take it literally. <laughs> but my man over here, <laughs> I, he actually got some
2: water. <laughs> Let that man be great. Let oh, him Lord. live
1: all good. It's all good. Some of us
2: got to do the right thing. Okay. Okay. On so, the hump day. Water
1: is good for the body. So
2: absolutely. absolutely.
1: He, he's sipping healthy. So is this liquor? <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay. So although we do, we know who the young fella in the back is. Give us a quick intro on who you are for our new sippers. Yeah. So, um,
1: my name
0: is. Javon, Dr. Love Jones. I I am an author. I was on the show about a few weeks ago. I just wrote my first book, Level Up, How to Start Living Your Best Life Now. Um, I'm originally from North New Jersey. I moved out here in the Central Florida area over oh, about a year and a half ago. And my job here is, I'm, as an author. I'm also looking to be I'm also a speaker. I'm doing coaching, so. The goals is to kind of continue to level up and be in a position where I can level up other people around me because we all want to grow. We all into growth, and growth is a part of life. If you're not growing, you're yeah. not living.
2: Absolutely.
0: Almost it up. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs>
2: so we're going to um, not go into our recap last week oh no we're not gonna
1: do that man we got all these good these good folks understandable
2: here. okay I just want to make sure all right so if you what I'll do later later you know I'll just th- do a watch party of our last week um conversation so that you can kind of catch up and you know get refreshed and what have you you know catch up and all of that catch up catch up catch up yes Uh, So what we're going to do is basically jump right into what we got going on. Um, Tonight we're talking about burn or not to burn. That is the question, you know, (laughs) and with all of the recent turmoil going on, you know, social injustice, economic injustice, we have George Floyd, you know, police brutality, excessive uh, police brutality and you know looting rioting peaceful protests the whole nine yards never mind the fact we still are in a pandemic we have to be mindful of that uh here we're now officially in hurricane season Damn. so we got to think about that you know so it's a lot going on you know checking people mental health and everything so what we wanted to do tonight of course is Have a nice panel of some open-minded individuals, as you heard earlier, with one of the introductions. Uh, We have a community activist amongst our presence. Yes, 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 you know. Um, And we also have someone that works at one of our local community centers. So we're going to get some perspectives on, you know, both ends. uh, And uh, so that's what we want to talk about a little bit tonight. You know, first of all, their thoughts. A little bit about what they do, again, a little bit more in depth. And I have some questions, you know, Buddha and I, we're going to bounce some questions back and forth to open up conversation, which will allow for you all to um, hear more of what what they can do, what they offer, and all the things that they, you know, just their input as a whole. We okay with that? And as he said, I am sipping. I got some apple whiskey with a little apple liqueur and um, ginger ale.
1: More liquor, more liquor, yeah. Mind your business. Mm -hmm. Let me live. Me, I'm on some Jamaican rum and ginger ale. somebody
2: Somebody got some dark rum Mm. on the rocks.
1: And we got some over here.
2: Oh, fresh old Zephyr Hill. Oh, nice. And then we got another special Guyanese rum. Yeah, okay.
0: age, 12 years, age. So it's 12 years at least in the
2: before they pour it out. Y'all share it? I got you. Okay, okay. Yeah, he can't handle that part. Right. I don't know that piece, right? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So while Buddha's doing his little piece, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kind of bounce a little bit in and I'm going to start with Miles uh, because, again, be- with what's going on. We want to get, you know, I want to get right to it. All right, so let's see, which one do I want Uh How long have you been involved in your community activist work?
4: Um, I've been doing, well, I founded Let Your Voice Be Heard in 2016, but I kind of started really 2015, but we wasn't doing activism. I was doing more book bag giveaways, um, fun days in the park, and doing more community give backs and you know, charitable things. It was around 2016 when um <clears throat> one of my associates, one of my friends I grew up with actually, he, uh, he was doing work with my brother's keeper with Obama's initiative. And he was actually doing this type of stuff inspiring me, but he was actually a victim of a drive-by shooting. He was an innocent bystander, him and a young mother. And um, when they were killed, it was like six people shot at the same time. It was in my neighborhood I grew up in the same street my aunt lived on. So that's when I kind of switched from just doing the give backs. And I started focusing on, you know, I saw the Black Lives Matter movement, but I focused on black on black and in the city crime first, you know, it was while I was doing that work that a lot of stuff happened. You know, if you remember the year 2016, that's when a lot of the stuff just kept happening. And um, that's when I was like, you know, we got to tackle everything. And with the recent stuff, you know, before we get to the protests, sometimes we've been doing this issue in the past with so many other issues, you know, we did the march in 2016 where we had about 2,500 people out there at Lake Iowa. And um, that was the Philando Castile and the Alton Sterling when it happened back to back. And, you know, we've been here before and we we started from there to like doing community forums and doing actual programs, trying to do stuff. And um, I spent a couple of years, I feel like doing it a different kind of way than I should have because I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. And I, um, learn from my mistakes um i started dealing with organizations i started dealing with government and i was still naive to it you know i built relationships with the orange county and the city of Orlando, and other places like that but i've also learned that sometimes you build relationships they don't want you to talk about the bad part of them so i had to kind of sever some of those relationships in order to stay like just straightforward so, you know, we do what we can, and I see me doing the protests. Um, you know, we've been out there protesting, too, and been out there with people, but one of our biggest messages we preach is that, you know, when the protesting is done, we need to get active. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the protests, I understand So with controversial all the time, because some people are like, you know, we're still tired of marching. I'm tired of marching. I'm out there still, but I get tired of it, too. <laughs> but I think it's also real important, though. I think it's real important because every time I go out there, I see fresh faces. Mm-hmm. So I made myself involved with those so much because those fresh faces can fade out if they don't know what the next step is and they become just like everybody else, tying the margin. Yep. So that's why I made kind of my personal mission with these to kind of help God and try to reach out because people just see me, but behind me, I got a group of people that you know like, all right, now we got done with that. What's Bring them to man? me. You know, let me, Put my hands on them, whether but, but you know, and I just got my, my role I play. I
2: feel like okay, okay. And so, now what I want to find out from you uh, how long have you been working with children or in you know, doing community? Uh,
3: so, I've been working with children for probably the last 15 years. Um, when I was involved, um, oh, so in Texas, I was a part of a church there. And on Thursdays, I would go out and preach um, a word to the juveniles. So that's where I was on Thursdays. And then every now and then I would get a chance to go on Saturday to the inmates. Mm-hmm. And so then I went to North Carolina. Um, I worked with youth there. And then also I had a wonderful opportunity to get stationed overseas in Belgium. And so I, um, so I was the youth leader there at my church. Um, well, one of the youth leaders there a lot of the kids there were from Africa, they were from the Congo so I got a chance to get immersed in Congolese culture and to be able to see their perspective, to see the world from an eastern standpoint I think a lot of times we focus when we're here in America we only look at the struggles that we're going through and in some instances our African brothers and sisters are going through the same thing we're going through so it's not for me, it's not just, even though this is where we are, but it's colored people getting treated bad around the whole world, right. not just here. And so then I came here, I worked and volunteered in Sanford. And then finally, um, in August, I started working at the Pine Hills Boys and Girls Club. So what I do there, I'm a team director. Okay. And on any given day, we can normally have like maybe 110 um, teenagers. And sometimes it's only like four or five staff. So we're overwhelmed. The opportunities we have, um, we have YAI. So Youth Arts Initiative. So there's a room where the kids can paint. I mean, we got pictures of uh, Kendrick Lamar, like they, J. Cole, like some really dope artists. Then you have another room, which is our computer lab. Mm -hmm. Nothing but Apple computers in it. So kids can go in there, learn digital arts, how to cut, whatever they do in digital arts. And then we also have a robotics group. And if you um, do a certain amount of years in robotics and pass a certain amount of tests, NASA will pay for your education. Wow. Mm. And we also... Just a couple days ago, I had a fire um, one of the fire department chiefs, he came up there and he gave us a couple of brochures um, once the kids graduated, they want to become firemen. There's a test, if they pass the test, the fire department the county's paying for their training and that's benefits. Right. So it's a lot of things happening in the community but we don't have enough volunteers. Because with a hundred and Ten kids. It's no way four people can watch 110 kids like that. Yeah. But what uh, what frustrates me is you see a lot of people posting about what need, what's wrong with the kids, what's wrong. But then I make a post saying, "Hey God, I need some volunteers to come in," mm-hmm. and I get three likes and no comments. <laughs> so I, so it's crazy to me. Like we we. We have a need here.
2: Yeah.
3: If you want to be a celebrity or you want people to look up at you, here's 110 kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right there. Right, right, right. right,
2: right. If
3: you want an audience, you got 100 kids, I can set you up an audience, and you can sit there and pour into these kids. Um, One of the other things I saw is I just asked them random questions, and this is just teens in general around Central Florida the average team, black team, couldn't tell me who Frederick Douglass was. Couldn't tell me who George Washington Carver was. Mm. So now, we're trying to encourage them to fight on Mm. with this movement, and they don't even know black history. So what are they going to fight for something that they rarely even know? And I think that falls back on the parents and Everyone else, because I know as kids we have to know these okay. guys, mm-hmm. but the average kid couldn't tell me who Frederick Douglass was. Yeah.
2: Wow. Okay, so I'm gonna take and I'm gonna, you know, I wanna I'm gonna go back to you, Miles, with everything. Like you say you started you you from Paramore, you know what I mean? So you already <laughs> know
1: what it's called. So Oh,
2: what an in town. What's the across right
4: town. way? Town. In town, cross town. End right town cross
2: town. You know across what I'm saying? So I, I I didn't have to grow up <laughs> over there, but I knew a lot of people that was in the area that I frequented. What changes or, or do you think there are any changes that's happened from growing up to present day?
4: I mean, one thing that people don't realize about Paramore, you know, when we grew up in the beginning, and there was um, Carver Park, you know, AKA Beirut, you know, Griffin Park, there was other places, that, Griffin Park still around, but you know, there's other places, Jackson Court, street, there was the places that were there. And um, people don't understand, when it comes down to our issues, it's not just like police brutality that's the issue, it's like systemic racism, people losing jobs, layoffs happening. I remember my mom getting laid off, and a lot of people getting laid off in the city when there's new things that happen. I remember when they tore down all the projects and then moved everybody to Reese's Terrace and then made them move out of there and and took away the vouchers they had. And there's certain systems that we become dependent on that when they take it from under us, it makes us collapse. Like Paramore alone, I think they said in the last, from the last, like, probably three elections over the last 12 years, it went down from 8,000 to 2,000 registered voters in Paramore. So you got people getting moved out and then new people coming in and that's because people don't have ownership. You know, you renting an apartment and then they don't renew the lease. They're selling, they getting new management. They're not, whatever happens to you, people end up in these traps. Yeah. So I've seen it my whole life and I never understood it. And I think it's like what he said, like, you no. Know what? And I'm gonna tell you, like a lot of stuff I know now, I didn't learn until like the last five, six years. You know, this is stuff that I had to do even so I went to college and world religion but didn't know what was going on in my backyard. You know, and I think that just comes down to us not prepping the kids right. I remember growing up, um, and no lie, my mom can tell you, I was in um, 12th grade. I had good ACT and SAT scores. I was a good student, but I had gotten trouble a lot. And I was in the magnet program, but I got arrested and kicked out the magnet program. And I was at Jones and they kicked me out and sent to the Boone. And then when I went to Boone, I got worse. Yeah, Because I felt so out of it. My first day walking to school, a white boy slipped by me in my first time, and he said, he threw a bottle at me, he said, get out of my school, nigga. And like, and I remember that's my first experience there. So after that, I was like, you know what? Every day, third period after lunch, left. Wow. I left. I was gone. It was a one fat guy named Coach Ziggler or something, couldn't catch me. You know, and I think a lot of people don't understand, like, there's certain things that I know if I would've been told, like, okay, even though, because when I was at Jones, no lie, 3.7 GPA. I love Jones. I love going to school. Like, you couldn't, you, I thought it was punishment to keep me out of class because I thought oh, it was so fun. That's so You know, and I think that it comes down to us having more pride in us and then also, like, teaching our kids more than what the schools teach us because we get studied for all these tests all the time. These kids don't know what it is. Like, we had the, a protest. Yesterday, you got the white kids and the black kids. Everybody's mad. And I'm not going to put it on the white kids. There's nothing wrong with them because some of these new white kids, it's not their fault. You know, they don't, if they could, they would chop off their arm to, to help us. Some of them, some of them, some of them are oblivious. But what the issue is, is that no one knows. And the white kids are coming down here mad. So they're throwing bottles at the cops and they're doing stuff and they're they're causing, like, issues. And the black kids are following right behind because they're like, well, shoot, do white people doing it too? Because I'm in kids, and I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but the white black kids are like, we know what to do with the cause, we're not gonna mess with them. Right. But the white kids popping it off, so all the black kids joined in, but guess who's getting arrested more? Yeah, the black kids. The black kids. Guess who's getting pursued more? The black kids. And I think that that's like it's something that we need to learn our history because these 16 and 15-year-old kids only know TikTok. They don't know the history of Jim Crow and the police force and certain things that's in place. So they're oblivious to it and when these issues happen. You know, some of these kids wasn't even alive when Trayvon happened, and they online and they're coming out to these things and stuff like that. So, you know, this is a new generation. Time is going quick. You know, there was it was like four or five. They wasn't around to understand. Now they're seventeen years old and they're trying to get active, but they don't know what is going on. So I think it's all about. I think it comes down to that. And I think the protests are like a, a, a nice start. You know, it's like those arrests. We hear the cops get arrested. The protest is equivalent to that. Like, that's a nice start. Mm-hmm. You, you did a part. But what are you doing to make sure we prevent this? Right. Because the protests are reactions. Right. But we don't put enough, you know, it's, it's kind of like somebody said the play is the sexy part, but the planning and the production is the ugly part. Yeah. And so when I do these type of things, I can get a thousand people out. But like I said, I just go to JBC and ask people to come out, four people come out. But I could put a post up and get a thousand likes, a thousand shares, and it has who's gonna come mentor me, and maybe ten of us show up, and five of them I call on the phone, you know, and that's just the reality of it. But if it's a big issue around the world, people like it because they can hashtag it and put it online. Well, because everything gotta be—it has
2: to be social media level. Yeah. If it's not a social media thing, it ain't important. It's mm-hmm. not. Oh, oh, it ain't important enough. And then if it gets if four or five people are doing it and then it get like you say it's a hash it becomes a hashtag, oh boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we get beyond that? And we kinda was pre talking a little bit before the show about the things that used to be in place for like the prevention or just the awareness, you know, we had the different services and so forth. But you know, it's it's like there are Our grandparents and generations you know slowly coming to us they were starting with what they had then they passed that on or whatever they could pass on they passed it on and so forth and so on right but what at some point and I think it probably happened around our generation you know uh, I feel is when you know they say that you get older you get wiser but what happened, I think, is our generation, we got that we got some of the 70s and, the, and the, you know the 60s, you know we got that old school still in our spirit. So we now was able to change or not just so much as change, but we came in when technology was coming into play. So now we got doing it the old way and we got a, a little we got a glimpse of the new way. So now our children, We we've been trying to uh, equip them with this old school, new school, and so now we got this whole generation of thinkers. Right, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But they're thinking from a which is good. They're thinking from an empowered perspective, but (laughs) many of them were getting fed possibly what. If what at their level, you know what I mean? It's like you can only, like you said, you didn't really start really understanding until five, six years ago. So I'll
3: give you one, and there's something I want to read here um, once I say this, because I think it's something that's important. But I remember growing up in church, and what I was telling Carl was a lot of times we were taught religion, but we weren't taught relationship. Or how did it apply? Mm -hmm. How? Okay, we're at church. We're shouting. But then, how do we apply it when we get out? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that grew up in church were not taught how to properly apply it. Mm -hmm. I thought Jesus was white. (laughs) I go to my first duty station, and now I'm seeing books on African history. I'm seeing pictures of Samson of color and I actually got a chance to go over there and in some of those areas that was people chat's complexion so I'm like well wait a minute then I had a chance to go to Rome and I saw a lot of the looting a lot of the African arts I'm like all this stuff get over here (laughs) because Rome Rome is really a third world city the Vatican is just nice well, that's his own country. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I'm right with that. But watch this. I wanted to show y'all this. And this is in Exodus, right? It says, Exodus 1 and 12, it says, but the more, now tell me how does this sound? And Again, I'm not putting religion, but I'm just saying how does this sound? But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. they said again, the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. So think about them. They brought us over here in chains. They oppressed us. We eventually got free. We didn't have rights. Mm -hmm. They continued to oppress us. Now we have rights. Now look at us now. More blacks now. Because remember, this just happened 60 years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This ain't even... Was it 1964, 68? Yeah. So we're not even at the 60-year market. And in 60 years of being somewhat, even though we know it's not true, somewhat equal, mm-hmm. we're homeowners, we're flying, we're going on cruises. Okay, we're we're like So in that 60 years from really having nothing, we have progressed a lot. And I think that's where making things applicable to mm-hmm. see how we fit in because most of us were taught that this is the white man. Jesus white this is the white man made this up but not seeing no we were behind most of the authors in here were people of color. Alright
1: all right I'm sorry to cut you off. yeah okay, okay. well you know based on where what, what you read and what I heard is it's really telling me that ain't nothing new on the sun and this thing always gonna go back right. Yeah. You know, if you believe in that great book, mm-hmm. and you're seeing it there, and you see it here. But see, that in itself is half of the problem. So my issue was, mm-hmm. going back to the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. the biggest issue we had, in my opinion, was the integration between the blacks and the whites. Right. Now that gave us false hope, and we got comfortable. So now the years have passed on, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and we feel like we're equal now. Right. right, instead of standing on the same principles and morals and togetherness that we had back then, uh-huh. and applying it with the knowledge and stuff we got going on, we just kind of slid that by and start stepping on each other's necks. There was a separation between our own kind. So you're
3: saying, based on the the, the historical Jones back in the day, you had the best teachers of the best teachers all at right. one school. Right and now, some of the best black teachers. Might be out there in Windermere or might be because now the pay.
1: Well, I mean, I think you're giving a false sense of security meaning that right, you know what? Right. Right. Hey man, listen, I'm just as equal as the next white man. Right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now we come, I'm going to let slide mm-hmm. right here. But now we coming in right here and these same, cap, these same white guys are showing us mm-hmm. police officers or whoever this ain't true. Mm-hmm. You know, now right. we want to buck up against that. Now, right, 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 When right. we should have still what got us to this point back then. So, what I'm saying yeah. is, it's just my theory. Yeah. I could be right. Yeah. I, I, could be <laughs> I could be wrong. could be wrong. So, uh,
0: so here's, here's my thing about mm-hmm. integration. Okay. It was a compromise we ended up settling for because integration was not the problem. The problem was not, oh, we wanted more we wanted to be in a white man's league when it comes to baseball. It's not that we wanted to be in an MLB. We wanted to have the equal quality that we can get the same type of funding, the same type of situations. We don't have to sit here and drink from the dirty fountain. We can drink from the uh, clean fountain. If you want to separate black and white, as long as we both can have clean fountains, that'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But it became now that they, they, this was all a strategic. They devalued everything they have from our pop- property, right. from our businesses, from the stuff that we resume. When we build up Black Wall Street, they bombed it. When we build up any other thing, Ooh. they bombed it. So they try to mitigate us and minimize anything we did so that it seemed like having our own is not what we need. We need to have what they have. And the truth is it's not having what they have. We needed to find a way to make what we have on the same par level as what they had. And that's where equality and, sect- and integration came in because it was not truly integration. It was really, they let us in on what they had. And that's yeah. what it came down to as far as a structural thing. Now, of course, as far as now going forward, now where we at now, we're still able to find our own. We, as you mentioned, we're not. We're, still, we're homeowners. We're business owners. We're doing this. We're doing that. We were doing that ever since. Mm-hmm. It's just that not comfortable. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't more of a comfort. It was more of a tactic.
4: And, and i And I want to. And I want to say you were here right on what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Was that I don't believe the integration act in itself was an issue. Mm-hmm. I believe the issue, and I don't think it's on the black people, because I think it's something that led to it, but I think the issue became when a a fluent black person felt safer in a white neighborhood than he felt in a black neighborhood, and when a person, to make it, meant to move out the hood. Right, right, right. I think that's where things kind of got, because you're from Eatonville, the first black community affiliated, the first black incorporated city in the whole world, in the whole country. So, Eatonville should be The utopia for black people. That should be the Wakanda of the nation, if you think about it, technically speaking. Right. It should technically be the place that people travel to, like, a Mecca. Mm -hmm. Like, we should be coming through to, like, yo, this is the first time it was ever founded by us, for us, by us, type stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's unknown. We did Juneteenth there last year. People didn't even know about the Juneteenth event still. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Zora Neal goes there. People only know about that, but don't know it's in Eatonville. Right. And I think that a lot Mm -hmm. of times it came down to things that will put place value on, it was like brainwashing very slowly, but surely like Mm -hmm. you weren't successful unless you had what the white men had. Like even when it came to code switching, when we started adopting that, we started code switching and Mm -hmm. instead of us being like, that's okay, you know, you're doing this, it became, well, you better talk white (laughs) instead of talking Mm proper. You know, there's certain terms that we started using that made it seem like white was right. And I, when I was pulling this up on here, it's a book that I suggest, like I, I've read a little bit of it, but I only got put onto it. But it's called The Color of Law. If anybody ever heard of it, you know, it's actually a book about all forgotten laws that were passed from, you know, 1865 to, oh, or 1864 when it actually happened, ratified, when, it, mm-hmm. you know, when, when Lincoln ratified it. From then to now, right, to like 2000 or something. And it goes through the laws like when uh, to when they passed laws, like to give a black person a loan in 1920 was criminal. Like you couldn't get a home loan, and if you got a home loan within five miles of any white person, it was criminal. Um, to where you couldn't get a job, a white man couldn't hire more than one black person in each location. Like there's certain laws in here that they put, they show it in plain text mm-hmm. that we don't know about because they're not printed in our history books. So when you get history passed down, they're not talking about when this law is passed just because it was changed, you know, slowly or the language changed. Just like the 13th Amendment. We did the Juneteenth. I'm a grown person. We had somebody read the 13th Amendment. I was so mad. Like, if you ever read the 13th Amendment, you would realize we are not truly free. Like, read it for yourself. Don't let somebody tell you what the 13th Amendment is. Read it for yourself and process it, and you will understand we're not free. So I think a lot of times... We have to understand too that yeah we, we can put it on other generations, but it's also very, very systemic things going that's taking place mm-hmm. and that's why it takes it can't protest to get it done. You' gonna get it done. We're gonna need people in the banks. We're gonna need people in the schools. We're gonna need people at the doctor's offices that don't turn away people give at the insurance offices not giving us higher rates for our insurance because you're black. you know we got places that give us all kind of systemic racism. That until we identify it and put in those places, that's the only way we're gonna really change things. Okay. Let me tell you,
2: first of all, Ooh. I've been saying this a, We
4: been
1: saying this. Yeah, I but think. I've been I, the, what
2: I said was, yeah, it's good that you have the people on the front line. Front line, mm-hmm. yes. But it's more important for you to have your back people. You need to get your people in the clerk of courts. Mm-hmm. You need to get your people into these different Agencies mm-hmm. that's doing doing their regular job, but they also with it's this organization, mm-hmm. and they know that they know what they keep their eyes open, you know, just for observation purposes. Hey, hey, I, you know, this is what you need to know. Telling you the internal things because how did the system? You gotta infiltrate the system, and to infiltrate it, you gotta get in. Mm-hmm. Being on the outside, rah, rah, rah. That's it's what they did to us? Right. That's, how we, mean, that's why, we heads. Heads. why we can't <laughs> get ahead because we don't have the system. What we need to be doing is getting a nonprofit legal team that's exclusive for civil rights. However, they do their regular job, but they're also ready to go and aid and bail, bond, whatever you got to do. For those that are genuinely fighting a good fight. Because, see, that's what happened back in the 50s and the 60s. You did have a team. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was teams, legal teams in place. Why do you think those people got out of jail? Somebody went and got them. Yeah. Now, you're going to have to collaborate with those guys. Those. I was not racist. We call
1: them the disco
2: friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and also, you, know some, to you know to some
4: people who are good as long as they understand that. Like I tell all the people, all the white people who come to me to help, I'm not racist. I got right. nothing against white people, mm-hmm. and I welcome you to come here. But as long as you don't try to tell my story for me, right. and, and I won't tell nobody's story for them. But as long as you are saying that, I will support you in what I think you need. But not telling me, hey, man, what you need to be doing is telling them guys to get off the street and get a job. Like, it's the same, just stuff like, and it's stuff like that sometimes comes out that's just not what it is, you know? And I think a lot of times when it comes to our issues, we're so busy focused on, like, you know, the immediate things that we see. Right, somebody right. got shot. <laughs> so we just, it's easiest for us to target that easier right. thing. But somebody said something at a rally yesterday that was important. It was like, racism do not start with George Floyd and all these hashtags. Oh. Racism starts when your employer doesn't give you a raise but uses your work and doesn't Absolutely. let you come home or says those slight remarks that says when they see the, the protest asks you are you going to protest or you didn't like it's, it's it's subtle racism that starts that we need to start exposing to right so to answer that ask the question now, what do you do in those situations
1: because see when you get in situations where you are compromised like you're saying mm-hmm. you're compromised and you speak up now you whistleblow, right? Mm-hmm, right? Now you villainize, right? And sometimes they try to figure out a way to get you away from that job. Mm-hmm. So what do you do in those situations where you know if if you go to you go to the man or you go around and talk to HR, and now you villainize? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It so it happens. Let
0: me, to answer that question, I'm gonna be very honest because I'm in a different space. Like mm-hmm. you have to go. Who you work for has to be in alignment with who you are as a person. Agreed. You cannot just say, I'm gonna buck it up and mm-hmm. just earn that paycheck and expect things to work smoothly. If you have a boss that is not, I understand that the job comes as a job. No one question is that. Right. You got to do your job when you do your job.
1: And you got people who, but you got people who are dependent on you in certain circumstances. Absolutely. You know
0: what I'm saying? No, no, absolutely. So, the most important thing, where we have to understand that we're, that we in 2020. We're not in the 60s. In the 60s, there were there were either white people that were supporting the the violence or the acts that was done against black people, or there were white people who were more, more quiet. Now, during those, there were white organizations that was help aid in us. Mm-hmm. They were there, but they were going alone. History like to leave them out, mm-hmm. but they were part of history. Even in the slave days, there were a lot of white abolitionists was a part of it. Um, Spellman, the name Spellman was Johnny Rockefellers. Um, his wife uh, made the name. The reason why Spellman College is called Spellman is, is a black college in America because his name after because that family were actually abu- abu- abolitionists. They were the ones that was fighting for freedom on mm-hmm. African Americans, so that is something we had to recognize that there were many white people.
4: Never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. We me learn something
1: every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learn that's, yeah, that's, that's my morehouse
4: a white person too. <laughs> I, I <ain't> found <laughs> hey, let me know. But show. Show. but yeah, that Spelman is
0: Johnny Rockefeller's <laughs> wife made a name. Definitely look it up, check it out so, if you look at history there are white people that was always on our side, it's just that history wants to leave them out because we don't want to know when you think about the freedom fighters of the 1970s with the Black Panther movement and those other movements that was aligned yeah, with that what? there were white movements that was assisting those, It was. Yeah. So, is- so 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 to, to finish my point because <laughs> okay. we got to look at this today is that there are white people that is willing to ride. That's Now, today, more. There's more white people that's fed up with what's going on because they don't want to be seen like they're aligned with those people that are doing the damages to us. They don't want to be considered racist. They don't want to. So we got to know how to use our allies. But we also have to recognize and help to recognize to support is not to to try to, con- to corrupt its control. It's to support. Support means whatever you say you need, I'm here to support you. It's not the community say, okay, you're doing this wrong, you need to do this, and then tell people, oh, you need to check him when he do it. So that's what we need, so
1: go ahead. Alright, so I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, but I'm just going to flip it, just because I need to flip it. you know how you do So, it. <laughs> you know, we, we've grown up, and we've all felt a level of racism, correct? From the opposite from the opposite race, correct? So, with that being said, they're always planting molds in our situation. Right. So as
4: many of those people that we're talking about that was serving and helping and supporting us. Oh, 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 I, I will say it. this, I want say this. We go back to Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. Black Panthers, um, MLK supposedly, all these people were infiltrated by black people, well, black, black spies. Inside. So, I, I do get to say yes. I'm saying we gotta watch, watch. Everybody, everybody,
1: (laughs) you know, everybody, and and right, right. So I'm feeling. So it's kind of hard to even trust our
4: own people, Mm -hmm. Let alone trust somebody else. And I'm gonna tell you (laughs) what what a white person does, and I think when they do it, it's so subconscious. Is that sometimes they're privileged. Like a white person can have compassion, but until they acknowledge (laughs) their privilege and know how to check their own privilege at the door. That's where it gets hard because sometimes, mm-hmm. even with the allies I have, mm-hmm. there comes a time where they have that one moment where they be like, "Well, why don't y'all just do this?" Right. Well, this is what I did and it worked for me, so right. why does this work? Like, or the mistake that they make is when they have that one black friend who came <laughs> oh, from the hood, who oh. never got in trouble and just We're like, with did we all been that person. They're like, why don't you all? they be like, or they reference the black friend." Well, I know Sandra. Never got in trouble. She got straight A's and she made it out to Ivy League school did great. Why can't everybody else do it? And, and that's the thing that we just cannot applaud everybody. Because what I've learned, right, because I used to go to JDC go to places and mm-hmm. deal with them kids. you like, oh, they so bad. You know the news. Oh, this kid got 10 breakers. Mm-hmm. Man, I've been around kids who have gotten beat for asking their parents, well, why do I ever get food? Gotten beat to the point that they're bloodied up so they went out that night and robbed somebody just to get some food. I've been around one girl who was 13 years old who was getting sold to a pimp by her sister and mother. She was, she could speak English, she's Spanish. Mm-hmm. She could speak English. Her mother and her sister claimed they couldn't, but sold her to a pimp. Her pimp had a girlfriend. She got outraged. The girl's like 13. She hopped in the car and tried to run the girl over. Mm-hmm. And now she's looking at an attempted murder. You know, I've seen people who've been in situations, been put in there by so many predicaments, and sometimes it's been literally. The saddest situation where a boy's mom was a situation where his mom was sick. She couldn't leave the bed. She couldn't get any kind of Medicaid to cover The Medicaid only <clears throat> gave her maintenance medication, but nothing that could actually help her. <clears throat> so she was stuck in a trap. She couldn't have no energy to go get it filled. So the boy was out doing robberies. So you're making interesting points. I got it. I feel
1: it. So my question to everybody here, right? Why the hell would they take us seriously? All the stuff you just said was... Us against us. We can't even get us together. So why would we expect?
4: And I know you probably want to say mm-hmm. something. I'm just saying. <laughs> why would I, you? Because I opened up the camera. Why would you expect? Why uh, would you expect another <laughs> race to take us seriously? Guess what? <laughs> just like we're sitting in here mm-hmm. having this intelligible conversation, this great conversation, mm-hmm. this would never make headlines. Mm-hmm. And just like he does all this work at Boys and Girls Club, day in and day out. That would never make headlines unless somebody brings attention to it. Right. And I think that what happens with us is that we allow ourselves to become victims of media. We watch the news ourselves and be like, dang, black people always on him something wrong. But they don't tell you that at that time that there's this many black people who did that same kind of crime That's in right. this other side of town. Of course. Especially living in Orlando. You know, we're not going to get that rap. So I think a lot of times, we focus even more mm-hmm. on the negative so much. We've been conditioned subconsciously to kind of like, boom, now we focus on our ooh. own negative more than we focus on our positive mm-hmm. because I see a million black people on their job every day more than I see people actually disrupting the that's community. right. That's yeah. right. And, like, and that's on any given day. I right. see people who want to help mm-hmm. and the problem is, is that we have been so terrorized that a lot of times we try to make it to the finish line that we're we'll just staying in our own lane. Mm. We don't want to step out because we want to make it to the finish line to protect our family. And that's nothing wrong with that. We've been talking about that. It's, it's, it's either your game or not. You're doing your part by being good and doing your role. And sometimes you can step out. But I know for sometimes I've had to step back because of my own family, my own safety. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, this is a marathon, not a race. Yep. But it's just, it, That's a, you know, that's the thing that we got to kind of, I heard of. But this is what came to me as we were just talking. Okay.
3: Y'all play video games. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Street Fighter. We have power levels, right? Mm-hmm. By the time we start fighting back, our energy is at zero. <laughs> 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 we kept hit the little No, <laughs> this is where it starts. I'm with the youth. I'm not going to name the test, mm-hmm. but there's a certain test at a certain grade mm-hmm. in elementary school. Mm-hmm. That that already signals to the powers that be mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. many jails. Mm-hmm. So we try, we focusing on 20-year-olds. Mm-hmm. We need to be at the elementary school levels. Mm-hmm. We need to be here. We need to be flooded. We need to be in, making an imprint on them. Absolutely. Because the moral of the story is by the time, nine times out of ten, that 25-year-old guy that's out there looting right now. His mindset's probably not gonna change until it's too late. These are the groups That's right. that these clubs, these, these, these organizations that are trying to put positive. So this seven year old, because the seven year old looks at you like a celebrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thirteen year old looks at you like, what are you talking about? You gotta get them there. And I think in society, from being around with white friends and having they're Jewish boys. Jewish boys have a bar mitzvah at 12. They have a celebration into manhood at 12. Mm-hmm. They're doing They're they're out there with uh, their father's business at 12.
2: Yeah.
3: While some of our kids do not even man, have their with the groceries. A girl came over. I was at Teague Middle School. And one of the students, I ended up subbing for the rest of the year at this one class. I had them for the rest of the year. This girl came over from India, barely speaking English, and was finished with her test. Mm-hmm. She said they were getting like three hours of TV a week. Mm-hmm. And they go to school on Saturdays. Damn. And in Asia, too? Nah, I got so to have my test. So these kids, <laughs> right. like I remember, what was the one kid, I think he was from Jamaica, mm-hmm. went to Jones, and I got to Harvard.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this
3: kid wasn't yeah. even over here that long. Yeah. Come over here and he's surpassing kids yeah, who be Jones again. No, I am yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm
0: gonna say this another thing. Mm-hmm. What we don't recognize is that from the time that a kid is born to the age of seven, they are in phase where you can where they are malleable. Their brains are so malleable. Mm-hmm. Right. They are they mind you when you from age zero to seven you haven't had your subconscious program on that level. Yeah. kids. When you're a kid, your subconscious is very open. Mm-hmm. So from that age one through seven is the most important things years of teaching mm-hmm. right. because after seven after they age seven their subconscious is programmed. And they're going to do what they're used to doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we have to recognize. That when we're dealing with kids, we should not... That's the point where they should be learning the most. Mm -hmm. From age zero to seven, a kid can learn a second language. A Mm -hmm. third language. Because at that point, they haven't learned enough English to think that they can't learn something else. Mm -hmm. Now, me, at 32 years old, trying to learn a second language. That Mm -hmm. might get a little challenged because... I note so much of English that the first thought I see something I'm not thinking in another language I'm thinking in English right. and that's part of
3: learning another language it's but just... we used to laugh when we were kids when we're in the grocery store and we're looking at a white family and little Bobby is three and the mother the white mother's like Bobby why are you doing that she was talking to Bobby like an adult. Yep. Mm-hmm. She wasn't babying him. She was talking about him like, "Bobby, oh, why are you doing this?" And and at three, he's
0: picking it up. That's right. But see, I'm gonna tell you now. I grew up in that way. Mm-hmm. We like, cause I grew up and maybe cause my family, I'm first generation American. Both my parents were from Guyana. Mm-hmm. So being a, a first generation American, I guess my perspective a little different. But we grew up speaking to kids like adults. So I remember when I had my daughter before I had my daughter, I was this was around big mother. So when they seen a the baby, I'm like, hey, I'm speaking to the baby and she's asking why are you speaking like baby like as a grown adult. I said, because that's how you speak to kids. You don't speak to them in baby talk because they're not gonna grow up speaking baby talk. You want them to grow up speaking in words. So I never understood I never understood why do you don't speak to children in baby talk. I never understand it. I didn't Google Ghana, my daughter. Why are we, we want to get education.
1: down on so though? Right? <laughs> because okay.
0: that's the age. If you don't, if you don't teach, when you have a kid and we have a baby, and this is something we ought to understand, you have to normalize the environment like they are in everyday life. You cannot keep it a hush-hush environment because now they're gonna be terror. They're gonna be shaking every loud sound that they get mm-hmm. when people start talking in normal house speaking voice. Because you kept that baby in a hush-hush environment, when they get around other places, they're gonna be terrorized by that. You have to keep an environment of normalcy. So, so then,
3: so then, so then, so then, that counters a little bit in Eatonville, based on where we all are. Mm-hmm. We're still around family. We're still around. Uh huh. I'm a little poodle and Ray Ray up. So, a lot of families, and I'm just, I- I'm gonna move my kid out here where he might be only one of a few blacks. And I'm gonna put him in a situation where he's not gonna be picked on
1: so, for making straight A's or being intelligent. Well, here's. He so, so I'm gonna caveat that. Okay. Because okay. I'm gonna caveat that because I'm speaking from a different. Gotcha. There's nothing wrong for wanting your child to have the better things in life. You know right. what I'm saying? The problem is, don't forget where you came from. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I agree. agree. Don't forget where you came from. But I'm gonna ask this question because this is what it really is. Mm-hmm. So how do we how are we gonna now change the narrative? We have all these we have all these injustices, we have all these rallies, riots movement's going, right? But we feel like we ain't getting nowhere in the public, eye. We might be doing some behind-the-scenes things. So how do we, as a culture, individually, your own opinion, change the narrative and start beyond the riot, like you said, beyond the movement? Where do you go? Where do we send our people, our children, the elders? Because it doesn't, hey, we're we going to continue to learn until we die, back, right?
4: I mean, and I, I'm going to tell you, this, like, I'm going to try to make this as abbreviated as possible. Because I know we all probably have a long thing on it. Because it's a long list. It's not, right, you know, just one thing to do. I feel it. But I do feel like where it comes from is from what us as a culture. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we take more charge of our own culture right. and start building our own resources. And I'm going to name a couple of examples that I think that, that I think for one, for one, I always felt like when it came down to our priorities and what we did as a culture, Like, we always let money be a priority, right? So what I mean by that is, how many kids do you know right now are being raised up to get a scholarship by playing sports? How many kids do you know are going through life right now in the streets trying to become a rapper because they want to get rich? And then how many people do you know that follow the same things that lead to disappointment? And what I mean by that is, we need to put an emphasis on our black doctors, Absolutely. lawyers, bankers, teachers, scholars, Absolutely. different scientists, That's and right. in different industries, because I know that for a fact, we do have more good than bad, but the problem is, is that what we highlight, most of the time we let them highlight, it ain't just us, and I always tell people, like, with Facebook, I'm on Facebook a lot, and Instagram, and all that stuff, I'm trying to get off, because it's not for us. Those places are made to glorify violence, to glorify fights, mm-hmm. to limit people who speak positivity, positivity, mm-hmm. and other things like that. So I think when we as a culture start to go back to the whole mm-hmm. BET phase and before it turns what it is now, like when we was like, you know, now we everything, yeah. We fubu was everything to us. Fubu was our Gucci. Like rappers <laughs> was in fubu, yep, you yeah, know, and Albert on. what, what, and, and that's and I in the Rockaway when Rockaway came out, that was everything like. And I think that as long, and I think we're getting towards, I think it's like he said to the point that we do beat ourselves up. Yeah. We have 400 years of going through this stuff. Then we've been going through another 100 and something years after that of right. more BS. And now in the past 50, so, so so it's like, yes, it's a small timeline, but we need to keep focusing on the good. We cannot fall for that trap. Because right now, Absolutely. I go out to protest to try to curb that. Because it's going to happen with without me. It's right. going to happen. But at the end of the day, if you were trying the news, you would be mentally depressed. Absolutely. You would believe that narrative. You would think that you as a black person, you could die right now. We ain't got no yeah, you ain't got no chance. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you got no chance to die. <laughs> and that's what they want us to believe. They, they want just keep us to showing believe. the same thing, same yes. thing, same, yes. same thing. Look, look That's look, what they want. I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna
0: introduce a term to most people who are not aware of. Okay. It's called tricknology.
1: Tricknology. Not the
3: a, trick- <laughs> 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 <do the> <laughs> a right.
0: So technology is the use of technology to try to manipulate and pass propaganda to the masses. So they use T V as a form of technology. Mm-hmm. So when they they're using these terms, especially with COVID nineteen, more black people are getting killed by COVID nineteen mm-hmm. than anybody else, again that's something that's something you have to think about is it our black skin is being targeted when it comes to COVID-19 are they saying you know what we're going to smear this white man and this disease is going to attack these black people that's how you got to sometimes break down certain things because when we say black are uh, most likely you have to say this is this dark skin the reason why this is going to happen when i know that there's a chance that as a black man i'm going to be targeted by police it's not because It's not because of anything Other than my skin is Making me the target, my skin complexion You cannot say it A lot of times they want to talk about these disease That affects people, if you're a healthy person And you're taking care of the immune system You're doing these stuff Of course, it's you're going to Have a better chance to fight any Disease, any virus Than a person that's not healthy That's not a color thing So that's example of technology. Another technology is, you know, how social media will show the violence of a man getting killed, but let a girl show a titty. (laughs) Page is banned. I remember I just shared a post on a couple of groups a little too fast, and they shut my, my page down for a week on Facebook. These are forms of technology that we have to be aware of that is playing because at the end of the day, I just listen to you speak. You talk about all the places you've been, travel as a black man, you've traveled to these places. You've seen these different ways. You can tell me about a side of the world that I've never seen. You can educate a lot of people on this. You have a global perspective and that's what's needed. And that's a lot of black people that have that. So we need to learn how to tap into each other and get into that place where we can share this information, and not feel like, oh, because this person's skin is dark, we gotta look at them type funny. Because that's what technology has done for us is make us look at our own without recognizing that they have the information that we're looking for, and they have the solutions that we need. Okay,
2: okay,
3: got Um, it's a lot. <laughs> Might not finish it, but I'm gonna put it in. Tommy call for two minutes. Okay. <laughs> Time for two minutes. I see it as a dilemma because if we, if this has happened 400 years, as in Moses, we might not be the ones that see the promised land of this. Mm-hmm. So I think we got to realize, because remember, the Willie Lynch letters mm-hmm. said this will continue even after slavery is done. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Y'all look up the Willie Lynch letters. So, I think it comes off as if we're trying to end it all. And I think it's going to be a baton to where we're going to run, and then we're going to have to pass it. But I don't know if we're going to exactly see what we're saying. And from my stance, I don't want white people to like me. I don't want white people to accept me. I just want to be treated the same way. So, therefore, if my credit score (laughs) is 700... Mm -hmm. give me the same interest rate Mm -hmm. that you're going to give the white guy
2: that's all I'm asking
3: (laughs) but I'm not asking for you to like me because my acceptance shouldn't come from you but but again we have to some kind of way because in the black community for some of us it's the NFL I've coached youth football Mm -hmm. NFL Mm -hmm. and then that kid gets 19 to 20 and feel it's like weird. he has failed his family. Yep. Because he didn't make it to the NFL. We gotta expose them. My son's gonna be an engineer. He wants to be an engineer. That's real. Engineer mm-hmm. is over football. Because mm-hmm. if we're not even educated, I mean we can go into how 55 to 65 percent of black professional athletes live paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and end up going broke after the NFL. Mm-hmm. With no with nothing to do after you've done spent all that money. Yeah. You know, so engineers. Hey, Mama might not take him to the movies. Take him down into the science.
4: <laughs> and then there's so it. many, many to do that with me. I'm know, that's yeah, big. there's so, so many. you so to something. And, and I'm gonna just add real quick to what you just said. And one thing that you just said, so on point. If we learn anything for our future, watch what happened when COVID nineteen hit. Look who was out of work and who they deemed non-essential. And we were in a lot of those fields. Mm. So we need to expand into these fields that are "quote yeah, unquote" absolutely. essential. But look who was working; so those guys. That but but, but yep. I would say yep. this:
0: the one thing you have to understand about the term "essential" is, I'm gonna leave my job. I'm still essential.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Understand "essential" meaning that you still have an importance to this life. And I, and I don't mean essentially. No, 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 I know what you yeah, mean. I know, I don't know what you to mean. I know, I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You're talking about from the. But
4: you know what I think it is? And then what somebody brought up, and I know we're going to run on the top of the no, top brought up, <laughs> and They can do it. like they said what we messed up at was where we stopped focusing so much on trades and focused mm-hmm. on paper type positions. Thanks. Because what happened was, you know, when they talk about building economic wealth. When you were back in the days when we did focus on trades, you call a plumber, you could call a black plumber, you could call a black electrician, you could call a black carpenter. you had a black laundry owner, you had a black grocery store, you had black people in different industries. Nowadays, we are dominating. We're killing. We're making good money. I'm not knocking it at all. But we don't have as many. The black dollar doesn't stay in the black community as much because we're not as spread out yeah. as we would be.
0: And, and, the, and the thing is, you're right. You're 110% right I agree with that. You have to learn how to be multiverse. Yeah. And whatever you do, and me as a person, I say I need to learn how to do more things with my hands. Okay. Yes, I can do a lot of stuff in my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but what can I do with my hands? Because if my mind and my body is all in one, then I can do. I can be well versed. Meaning that if I'm in a situation where my paper job is on hold, mm-hmm. what can I do with my hands to make this bread? You know, yes. whatever we can do. That's all we have to do. We have to be multiverse. And we got to recognize that multiverse, we can build our own structure once we learn trade.
2: Absolutely. All
1: right. So, I'm going to add my two cents, baby. I'm going to let you take it all. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So, I heard everything everybody just said. But what I didn't hear is, I heard, get a career, be dollars, be lawyers. You know, I heard the back history. I heard everything. Well, what we going to do with our money? Right, we can talk about all these careers, and we can take off and run and forget about everybody else. Mm-hmm. But what we gonna do with our money? We got millionaires out there already, right? Mm-hmm. They invest in them, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the masters, but them. So, like as you we talk about, we need grocery stores, we need black banks, we need other things where we can funnel in from our own money in and channel it back in, so it can be like a circular motion. Right? So now, we don't need Walmart. Now, we don't need to go to the bank, their bank. Now, as you saying, you want to get rid of Instagram and all this other stuff. It's now, we can go to our... We need Black Planet back. See? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. You
2: see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it's, it's,
1: it's everything y'all did, saying, right, y'all did right. say, but what we're going to do with our money, right? We can do all. We can get rich. We can be in places. We can put our holes in places, but we need to funnel our money back into our own communities in a way where we can support us. Not at the, not hating on y'all. Trust me, I, I support y'all too. Barbershops, lawn care service, barbecue pits, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, but I so go to the grocery, like I go to the grocery store care. every day. Yeah. I
4: need to go to the bank, right? I guess who I see in the bank. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going to take it one further. I always tell people this is just throw the loop. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met an owner of a factory that makes water bottles, or makes screws, or mm-hmm. makes hangers, or makes wood 2x4s, or makes salt for the rocks? it's so many industries in this world mm-hmm. that we can break into that I think the problem is, is that we've been doing it though. Right. we built this country don't misconfuse it we are in every one of these industries we just don't own them because right. they're being passed down they've been taken from people they've been built on the, the, the back of people who came before them it's just we need to get back to telling right. our kids like hey this is also good money let me add one
0: thing too because you said it <laughs> yeah. one thing I said talking about you said it actually you said that we got to recognize that I'm just using my words. The reward that we're going to get surpasses in life. Mm-hmm. We have to do the work. We mm-hmm. cannot expect that we're going to reap the reward from mm-hmm. the work that we do now. Right. We got to understand that. The Malcolm X re- re- reaped the reward from the work he did. They haven't anything. Because the truth is those energies are within us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't leave. They physically are not here. Ooh. But there's a new Malcolm X. There's a new That's Martin Luther one. King. That's a hard <laughs> habit That's in deep. here. That's we deep. have to recognize that that is part of who we are. Yeah. Our energy don't die. No. It just transfer Absolutely. from one place to another. Yeah. So we, how do we channel those energies for what we can do today? Because what we do today now can make the world better 50, 100, 200 years from now as somebody told me is this, what we do to now, you, the work we do now is that if you ever had to come back into this world, you should benefit from it. Yeah. And the work that I focus now is that, I I said this in my book, it's a small little quote that I said that we are benefiting from the fruits of the ladies of those that became before us. Mm-hmm. It is our job to make the those that come after us
1: benefit from fruits and of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's
2: what All right. All right. Take right. hey, this home, baby. Ah, it's my turn. Mm. Okay, so to sum everybody's everything up, you know, um, as you can see, we didn't want to necessarily focus on the negatives. Right. What we're looking for at this point is solutions. Okay and the positives like there's good in everything that we've talked about because i was listening to chichi, chichi bay earlier which is so funny that she um i stumbled on her uh, instagram uh, video where she was talking about we're saying all these negative things you know which we're repeating i can't breathe and you know no no justice no peace but those are actually negative affirmations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we're actually going to manifest greatness we need to be speaking life into things right and as you know javon said energies don't die it really don't we're constant in vibration you know what I mean it's just a matter of how the alignment comes together right so with that being said we need to find a way for us internally individually as a whole to be more positive you know in spite of it all because there is something good. First and foremost, you woke up. In your right frame mind, although you may question your sanity some days,
1: mm-hmm. you got
2: all your limbs working. You can go to work. You might, If you don't go to work, but you're home and you got a roof over your head, you went into your refrigerator, you use the bathroom, you had all those experience, all those things that are what somebody will call a luxury.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? You looking at it as hey, I work for it, but it's a luxury to somebody else. Understand? But so therefore, you there's there's something to be thankful for, right? And so with everything going on, it is bad, it is bad, no doubt, no, no doubt. But there is also good, like we mentioned earlier. There are so many people doing right, doing out here on the behind the scenes front line. Everything. Putting in the work. There's so many people putting in the work. But we still got work to do. Alright? We need those grocery stores because I need to be... If I'm going to put my money into black businesses, I need to go let's... I need to be putting my money where I spend my money. I need to eat. Not just
1: okay? what you already cook. I want
2: to buy my gas. <laughs> I need to put gas in my car. You know what I mean? It's other... More essential things, essential things beyond the other things. Let's get to the root of it. Right? Like the banks, the grocery stores, the gas stations. We can get get some start narrowing those, getting that pot together. You know, we're on the right track to progress. Start with get get start taking care of your kids at an early age. At an early age. Because well, on, we on already know you. once they get to a certain age. It's not that they gone; they too far gone. But it's harder, so let's get them while they're young, right? Y'all blue we'll agree on that. That's Very right. good. And and you black men, I love y'all. Y'all keep telling each mm-hmm. other y'all love each other. Yes. Show your brothers that you love them by your actions, not just your words. You understand, sisters? Tell them you love them. Hug your man. Hug your cousin, hug them, let them know you see them for the things that they're doing when they doing, even though they doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're being accountable. Just say, I thank you. And that's how we're going to change the narrative. We gotta start with just those small things and affirming positiveness, affirming that these how you see what you want to see, what that manifestation is supposed to look like. We gotta start speaking life into this. It's it's no differently than from the Bible, okay? But from a spiritual perspective, we speak life into things, yes? As as if it is so. And I'm done. All right. right. Today is a great day to be great. All right. Thank you, simples, Old and New. Thank you, panel that came out. We didn't want to focus on the negative. We wanted to keep that good energy going and let y'all know that we hear. We do too. We too have voices and we are here for you, all right? Let's go, let's go. I need my engine now on deck. Oh! (laughs)